why I get branded up, you know. I should have put a printed one on, really, shouldn't I? But this is uh, a <laughs> heat applied patch. I used a I used a Target transfer heat press to do it, so I'll talk about that. That's all right. <laughs> no, I really like it. It looks really effective. Thank you. Hi, and welcome to the Target Transfers podcast. My name's Andy, and I'm joined here by Molly today at the Heat Printing Innovation Centre, along with our special guest, Daniel Watson. Daniel nice. is the founder and creative force behind the affordable luxury streetwear brand For Me, and today we're going to dive a little deeper into his story and journey and any questions that we want to ask. So thanks very much for joining us today, Dan. We really appreciate you finding the time for us. Um, because oh, we really want to share your, that's it's our pleasure, honestly. So we really want to share your story of how you got started uh, with your clothing brand. Um, but I know that the creativity and passion that's behind your brand is not just something that started with with your brand. It's been going for a long time. Um, so we really want to go right back to the beginning today and kind of understand how you got to the point you're at today. Um, so when did you first realize that the, the creative journey and creative outlet was for you? And, um, was it, was well, it kind of a long time ago? Yeah, I mean, I've always been an artist in general. You know, I've done a lot of different things, uh, but it's always been something creative. Um, I really wanted to do art literally when I left school, but there was no money them days. This is what, a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> it's like 25 years ago now. So when I first left school, um i really wanted to get into something with art but there was just no money i went into looking to graphic design and it just bored the death out of me so i didn't bother with graphic design and then i ended up being a joiner in the long run uh, i hated that then i was a gas engineer and i hated that and eventually i found tattoo art um i started a tattoo business i've now got one of the biggest tattoo studios in the uk um and i've got seven artists working out of the studio um what's and what's your tattoo studio called Vida Loca Tattoo Studio in Bolton. It started in my mum's bedroom in my spare room at home, <laughs> which is the <laughs> way I tell everyone not to get into tattooing now. <laughs> but that's where <laughs> I, I There was no apprenticeships really at the time, 20, I think nearly 19 years ago, I think it was. Um, I bought an eBay kit, a really cheap, really bad eBay kit. And um, and then I started tattooing my friends and ruined the bodies for <laughs> until I got good. <laughs> <laughs> so you tested all the bad ones out on your friends first. And yeah, we're still, in, still in the process of covering them up now, 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when it comes to creativity, that's always been my bag and imagination. And um, I've done quite a lot. I've done furniture design. Um, I've got a couple of different clothing companies under my belt uh, over the years. I had a sock uh, company that just a couple of years ago that I just sold um so yeah always creative always new something new something innovative and that's why we ended up in like where i am now with the nft space because it's all about imagination art and creativity so that's what i'm all about and where does your the the um your creative influence inspiration come from is there a particular um influence that you've had on yourself i just think no i just think generally i don't know We've had this argument a million times, whether you're born with it or it's something you can learn. But I think when it comes to creativity, it's something you're probably born with. Learning how to draw and learn how to tattoo or whatever is something you can probably learn. But actual creativity, I think, if you're an artistic person, photography, 
uh, drawing, you know, all these architecture, there's all art involved and all that. I think it's something you're probably born with. My granddad was very, very good. Um, all my artwork is signed J Parr after my granddad. Um, my granddad never had any sons and I wanted to carry his name on. So 10 years ago, I started signing all my art, J Parr, just to kind of continue his name. Um, but yeah, he was an extremely, he was an engineer actually, but he was an extremely good artist. Um, and maybe it's passed down maybe you know no one's a good artist as well so yeah maybe it's passed down i think with stuff like that as well you have to be passionate about it to be successful in that specific field because obviously there's so much time and energy that has to be put into it and people believe sort of the authenticity of your brand and what you're creating so the fact that you're passionate about it as well probably has had a massive impact in you know yeah. your success in the different sort of business it's like it's like my curse i'm a blessing like my passion for things i'm obsessive nature um if i get into something and i really find that I, i'm obsessed with it i don't sleep for a long time so <laughs> that's where i'm at right now with the clothing brand and the nfts it's just been two years of non-sleeping obsession because i'm so passionate about it like so i just get obsessed with it and that's why it builds so fast but that's why i burn out all the time as well <laughs> <laughs> but it takes it takes the time and the hard work to build something like that doesn't it it's not a simple yeah. sort of overnight success yeah, for sure. And I like I said, if it wasn't for the passion, it wouldn't be possible because you just wouldn't do it. I've not made a penny yet. You know what I mean? We've been two years yeah. in and we've still not made a profit and we know we're not going to make a profit for a while. The brand's building, the sales are climbing and everything's going well, but nowhere near a profit. And people need to understand that you have to be passionate. You have to be seriously dedicated to something like this to stick it through because there's many, many, many ups and downs. Almost every other day there's an up and then other, other days there's a down. So you just got to stick it through. And if you're passionate about it and you really believe in it, it doesn't matter if you're making money, you're enjoying yourself anyway. Mm. At what point in your journey then did you sort of decide to add streetwear into the mix? Obviously you've spoken about, you've had a few different clothing companies before yeah. that some of which you've sold, still got, etc. cetera. Mm. Um, at what point did streetwear sort of make its entrance into your portfolio? um but it was it's only been going now for um it's around about a year i can't i'm not 100 sure i think it's just over a year um we got I'm trying to think when we went to i think june 2021 we was at london fashion week and we'd only been going three months so it's not even a year i'm to see this is the problem because i don't sleep I have no idea, <laughs> no idea how long when we launched or anything, but it's been a very short time. It feels like forever, but it's been a very short time. Um, but before that, what got me into it? I started a, a, a sock company with a friend who was a big name in like recovery. He had a big following. He had a lot of people that was in recovery from alcohol or recovery from mental health problems and things like that. Um, he had a big stage where he talked to them and. We designed a sock company where every morning you put your socks on, on the toe of the sock, there was a special message, like part of the 12 steps of recovery. And it was just a little reminder when you pull your socks up in the morning and every time you look down, you saw your socks. It was a little pick me up. Um, and I really got passionate about the project. He's a really good friend of mine, but we had completely different ideas of running businesses. So I ended up selling the company to him. He's um, still kind of running the company now but it was that was something i really got passionate about something that i thought something you wear every day something that you put on something you see yourself in the mirror with that it can massively help change your mindset and that's why i got into clothing i thought um the same thing with the socks i wanted to do it on clothing i want and i wanted it to be written backwards so when you looked in the mirror and you could read it and it's only important what you see in the mirror that's what makes 
that's part of the, one of the um, sayings is it's what you see in the mirror that matters the most, not what other people see. Do you know what I mean? So it's not real. What you see in the mirror is what's really important, not what everyone else sees, what you're wearing, it's how comfortable you are in what you're wearing. That's why for me is written backwards when you look in the mirror. So I'm wearing my clothes for me, not for anybody else. It really doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. That's a yeah. big part. And it took me... I say it took me a long time to learn this, but I'm still learning it myself. A lot of the message of the brand is about um, reminding myself to stop caring what other people think. I think that's a big thing when you're launching a business. It's very difficult to, a lot of people try and fake it before they make it. Look how big we are, look how well we're doing. And it's all fake and it's difficult to, to maintain because it's fake, it's not real. And I think you've just got to stop caring what everyone else thinks. Yeah, it takes time. Yeah, it's difficult. And it's gonna, you know, you're gonna have a lot of downs, um, but it doesn't matter what everyone else thinks. You just keep going and build and build and build, and that's what my brand's all about. I've probably gone on a bit of a rant there. With, I don't even know. What to <laughs> that's, all right. that's all right. I'll add to that though, just before we move on. I think customers as well, especially when you're launching a brand, can really tell the difference between someone who's launching it because it's their passion and their passion project versus just want to do it to make money. And I think people can definitely sniff out how authentic you and your business are. And if, like you say, people are sort of portraying that they're more successful than they appear to be, or they have sort of, you know, gone a bit too far too soon, I think customers can definitely smell that and they do tend to sort of steer away. Sort of. So being really sort of genuine towards your customers is something we've seen a lot of success with our sort of small side hustles that are growing. Yeah, just honestly, you build that community, you know, they feel like they're building it with you. When people are wearing farming clothing, they know it's brand new and they feel like they're part of the building of the brand. They understand what the message is to understand what we want to do with the brand and they want to be part of that if i was pretending like we was a massive brand straight away then there's no real connection to the customer mm, i think that's i think you're right and like you say as you said a second ago not technically made any profit yet but you know that there's a journey ahead of it and by being honest with everyone it means that they can they can buy into that journey and go along with you and enjoy the journey themselves that way doesn't it yeah, for sure. It's like a community. A lot, all businesses like this, building a brand is a community-led project. Without a community, you have nothing. You know, you have one person buy all your clothing. You're not going to build a brand. It has to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the old. That's the all brands, whether it's clothing or whatever. You know, building a brand is about building a community and people that get behind what you're trying to do. Yeah. So along with the, the the kind of overall messaging you've got with your brand, you've actually got quite a few um, characters that you've built into the. Um, clothing itself um, and it also kind of go along with the NFT project you've got. Could you tell us a little bit more about the inspiration behind them and uh, what they mean to you um, and if you know the characters behind them that people would enjoy? I mean, how, how, how deep do you want me to go into this? You can, go, you, can go, you can go into lots of detail. We've got plenty of time. I think people would love to hear the so story. The story so the story so far is like completely written out. We've written 10 chapters, so 10 um comic book strips have been written of the story so far but the story is way 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 deeper than that we're building into the the nft project is about building um an animation series and people that buy the nfts will own the characters that will be in the animation series and get paid almost as actors to be in the animation series through their nfts um the three characters that we've got are the main character these are all based on myself in a sense um basically like oh, it, it, i feel like everyone relates to all of these so i've got chester who's the uh, main character 
Chester is a big brute, strongest monster of the basically all from a, a place called Monsterverse. Uh, the brutes are used for security and they're uh, like almost like the gladiators, they fight for entertainment. And um, Chester is a skate monster verse come to earth, like the other two monsters. And why he's here, he doesn't want to be that life, he doesn't want to live that life anymore. So he's all about positivity and he's a big, scary guy. And someone meets him, he looks a bit scary, but he gives you a nice big hug. He's a positive guy, he's really friendly, and he's completely opposite to what he was on Monsterverse. And it's the same with Louis. So I'll go I end up really deep on this story, but Louis um, I'm interested. Louis is a creator. On Monsterverse, the creators, there's three different tribes, the creators, the brutes, and the gorms. So the creators are the tech geeks that ended up sat in the bedrooms getting obsessed with computers and the new metaverse and computer games. And uh, they ended up developing six eyes because they could see six screens all at the same time. Um, and they got... They, because, <laughs> so because they got so obsessed with... Um, computers and that world they never left the bedrooms they never left the houses and they became embarrassed to leave because of what they developed into and the six eyes and there was a completely odd looking character and they became embarrassed about who they really was so they hid behind the screen like a lot of us are doing today on for social media people will put a filter on every picture and try and hide behind the screen and be somebody they're not because in that world you can be anybody you want to be especially the world we're heading to like with the metaverse um i mean that's a big reason i built the whole brand of people hiding behind somebody they're not you know what i mean pretending to be someone they're not I'm scared of being themselves and where true happiness lies is completely being comfortable with being yourself and then you make real friends because you know who you really are I might go too deep, but <laughs> so then, so basically, he, came, he escapes. Also, part of the story is that these three monsters escape together, working together. And um, Louis was embarrassed about the way he looked and that monster verse. He would never leave the house, but his new lease of life when he came to work, he's completely self confident. He doesn't care what anyone thinks. He wears what he wants, and that's the big part of the brand. And then Hugo is the gorm. So the Gorms are like the slaves on Monsterverse being they're slaves to the AI that has taken over Monsterverse and they live a really bad, sad life. So when he got to, um, when he managed to escape and come to Earth, he's the happiest man you'll ever meet. He's the most, com he's the most uh, grateful for everything he's got. He's only got one eye, but it's better than having none. He's really short, he he's really clumsy, he trips over all the time, but he doesn't care. He's just super positive, super grateful. And I feel like, if you read into the actual full backstory of each monster, there's a little bit of a back, uh, a little bit of a bio in the clothing website, and there's the story of the monsters is being drip fed into the uh, NFT website. If you read into the, the stories of the monsters, it's very relatable to think to problems that we all have. You know what I mean? Like I said, like hiding behind a computer screen and pretending like you're somebody and not because you want to look like what you're supposed to look like. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the three monsters. And then don't let me go too far into the story because it gets crazy. Chips <laughs> <laughs> and being chased by AI. It's a little bit based on the kind of like um, Matrix theory of how Monsterverse is 200 years ahead of Earth. And basically it's just showing us where we're going in the next couple of hundred years, where Earth is going to end up if we're not careful. I think that's a really important message to get across and the deep meaning behind each of the characters that you're portraying in the clothes has like there's so much more meaning to it than what people would initially think just visiting your socials or website 
specifically what you were saying about sort of people portraying a certain image now and you know having to live a certain way or posting whatever you like online it is that you people post sort of the highlights of their life and not behind the scenes like you say the hardship of starting business and the hard work that goes into it and it's that instant dopamine hit when you post something brilliant and then people are liking it or comment on commenting on it and i think we need to move away from that and be more it's kind it's kind of heading that way already i think with socials but the problem is it's designed that way you know it's all that that's the whole design of the whole program is to make you get that dopamine every time you get a little like and get you obsessed and create more content and get more attention so they can sell more ads that's it's the way it's all built and it's not as though some evil guy has built this it's just human nature it's just the way it's, it's a smart business platform is all it is yeah and also i find it amazing that sort of instagram youtube they create no content but they're the biggest platforms in the world and you think that's just it's amazing how much they've progressed but no i definitely completely agree with what you're saying in terms of yeah. we're our own worst enemy as humans you know what i mean because we that's just it's just human nature and people try and find somebody to blame it's just the way we are and it's this like i said as much this brand is as much a message to me every morning stop caring what everyone else thinks just get on and be happy with the way the way you look the way you earn your living or whatever just just be yourself be happy be positive be grateful for what you've got and be self-confident and it massively changes your life it's just a mindset you know what i mean it's completely I was just gonna say, most of it is mindset yeah um and then, and then obviously the, the one of the things that is really happening on social media and across all platforms now with the internet is separating us into tribes not they are separating us but we are separating ourselves through the arguments now like especially when it comes down to covid and whether he was uh, getting the injection or not, or whether he was wearing a mask or not, you know, it completely separating us into into separate tribes that completely almost hate each other now, just because of the way people believe in. And part of the story of the MonsterVerse is when they come together and all three tribes eventually start working together, they create a superpower and that's how they manage to escape MonsterVerse. And it's the story is we need to work together. We need to accept everybody for who they are, what they look like, what they're into, what the beliefs are, what the political beliefs are, and just work together and accept each other for who we are. And that's the main overriding story of the monsters. I think that's really great, Daniel. So, you know, it's it's a positive. Is it? It's a looking towards the future, but approaching it in a positive way yeah. is great. And it's funny. It's a funny story. Like when you when you see the comic books, it's a little bit. It's not a children's comic book. You know, it's. Um, a little bit like almost like on the lines of like Family Guy and Simpsons, so it has those adult entertaining little bits of comedy in there, but it's not 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 swearing and you know, so children can enjoy it and get the message. But there's a lot of hidden little jokes in there for adults as well. At what, what point did you realize that actually creating this sort of larger project, bigger than just the the artwork or the clothing brand, when did the, this kind of idea come to you? How did, you, how did you get going with that? When I had my daughter, so I've recently I've got a two-year-old daughter, um, and when I had Havana, I was just watching social media. I mean, I've been doing it for years, but watching social media, watching people get filters all over the faces, getting the lips injected, getting the cheeks injected. I'm like, why? I don't want my daughter to grow up in this world. I want to try my best, even if I can make a tiny little small change, I want to try my best to make a change. That's where the clothing line started from. But I've got, uh, I had a vlog, which is where we got talking. We had, I had a vlog on the on YouTube. I don't lo no longer do the vlog. I don't actually have the staff member anymore who did all the editing for me. But um, 
my very first video, one of my very first videos was talking about how why I'm building the brand and I'm going to try and change the world in some way. It's going to start with a clothing brand, but it's about the story and the message. And I don't know how I'm going to get it out there, but I will. And it's happened a lot faster than I thought. When I found NFTs, I thought, this is it. This is perfect for what I'm trying to do with the actual story and get to get the story out in mass, uh, in mass numbers. NFT projects are perfect for it. And for those that are kind of watching and listening, how would you describe um, NFTs to someone who's, who's not come across them before? In <laughs> How long have you got? So I've been, I literally, 10 minutes ago, I ran over back to my, I've got the, the tattoo shows down the road and um, two of the older guys that work there with me, I said, sit down, let me see if I can explain what an NFT is to you, <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about. And they kind of got it, but um, it's difficult. So an NFT is a non-fungible token. So a fungible token would be, um, say, a five pound note, five single pound coins, a fungible with a five pound note. Um, two five pound note two five pound notes are fungible with a ten pound note so that's the that's what a fungible token is a non-fungible token say for example the mona lisa an individual piece of art it's not comparable value wise with anything else in the world and it's the same with nfts every single piece is completely individual it's a token because it's sat on the blockchain so for example bitcoin and ethereum all these currencies they're parts of a blockchain and the reason they're so secure and the reason things can't be messed with them is because everybody gets full view of this so everybody knows exactly which piece is in the chain and if something tries to get altered something tries to fake someone tries to copy something it doesn't work because it can't fit into the blockchain that i mean this is me as a almost a brand and a novice like two years in this i still don't really understand it myself you have to be a super tech geek to understand all that side of it but when it comes to what nfts are being used for um Probably the way I'm doing NFTs, the best way to explain it would be a Pokemon set. So I've released 3,333 versions of each monster. Well, they're not released yet. They're going to be released in May. Um, 3,333 different versions of Chester. Um, give me a second and I'll manage to show you a couple of them. What happens is I've created all different layers. Let's say, for example, some are wearing sunglasses, hats, chains, saxophones some are smoking joints some have got bongs in their hands so basically all these different traits that get added to each say for example like it's a card like a pokemon card it either makes your image that you buy rare or not rare so the rarest ones are worth the most money um so when you go to the shop and you buy a, for example a pokemon set you're buying them blind you're buying a pack um it's the same with nfts you'll buy them blind and then on a certain day, they will all reveal and you'll find out which one you've got, whether you've got a rare one. Some of my NFTs, one of them, if you own Chester, you end up getting the original Chester as an NFT. Instantly, we promise 20x your initial investment back on day one to buy Chester back because we want to own Chester. So if you open if you open your pack and you've got Chester in there, you'll get, say you paid £150 for it, you get what? Um, six grand back instantly on day one and there's tons of other prizes as the projects drop the prizes get bigger and bigger um, in fact I'm not going to do that because you probably won't even be able to see the screen but basically there's tons and tons of different versions of Chester yeah. tons and tons of different versions of Huey, uh, Lugo and, uh, Hugo and Louis um, and then some of them I've got certain references like uh, what is that one like the Matrix so oh, that's yeah. it 
<laughs> so that's Louis dressed up as the Matrix, and that's what their um, what's called the beginning series. There's 41 off hand-drawn pieces that we'd launched to prove the concept of the NFT program, and they've all sold out instantly, and they're continuing to sell and go up in value. So now we're releasing 3,333 Chesters. Um, but I, I've gone off on a complete tangent. This is where you'll have to stop me. <laughs> I guess it's no, so much. I think it's really helpful because there's a, there's a lot of um, brands that we work with, and a lot of people that we've been working with, especially over the last couple of years, that kind of started brands from scratch. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of those have been kind of streetwear companies as well. But actually, understanding that there's a larger sort of artistic picture and playground for them to work with, with this fantastic art that they're creating, is um, I think really useful because lots of the people that we work with they start off and the t-shirt business or hoodie business is a side hustle. So actually, being able to add more elements into that without actually straying from the core yeah. Um, yeah. initiative of what they're trying to achieve, I think is a really um, good idea for them to, to investigate and explore a little bit more themselves. Just, just make sure that you warn them that they'll not be able to sleep for the next two years because <laughs> the amount of work that I've put into this that I never really anticipated, I'm not mourning because I do really enjoy it, but the amount of work that's going into this is massive. Like I said, I've completely wrote and written a full story, drawn nearly over 7,000 different versions of the monsters so far, hand-drawn, every different trade is completely hand-drawn. Um, built a website, built a Discord channel. Have you have you, have you seen Discord? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Discord is like a Facebook, but for um, almost like it was all based around computer games and stuff. It's becoming massive in the NFT world. So on Discord, basically what you'll do is contribute to the community. So if you're in there chatting and sharing and helping other people and bringing other people into the community, you'll get rewarded because Discord manages to track points and then you get free access to the NFTs, you get them for free. So it's all it's all about community-based projects and building community, like I say, which is why it was perfect for the brand because that's what I was trying to build, people that really believe in what we're trying to say and try and live the far me way. Would you say that by starting the NFT project and kind of really going deep into designing with lots of different versions of the characters. Has it informed or changed the way you've approached the clothing as a result of that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a whole new thing to itself as recent. Like I looked at the clothing brand, I took back, stood back and I was looking at it and I thought I've tried to cater to a certain type of clientele to sell. And I feel like I've gone opposite of what the brand means. I feel like I need to focus more on the art and more on loud, being loud and being out there. I try to keep it quite plain and simple, like um, quite strict, like for me writing and things. I mean, it's still selling well and people do like it, but it's not really putting the message out there as well as I wanted it to. So I've gone more down the streetwear brand with the designs on the monsters and the new launches that are coming this year a lot more loud, a lot more out there, a lot more like who cares what, you, what I'm wearing. I'm wearing it for me, not for anyone else. Yeah. It's probably important to have a mixture of both though, isn't it? Because even though that's the brand's message and as much as you want people to wear the clothing they want to be comfortable in, that might be a more basic design for some people. If that's what yeah. they want to wear and they feel comfortable in, then that's kind of representing the message at the same time, isn't it? So by catering a wider variety of products and designs, yeah. under the same uh, brand name, then that's kind of achieving that, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're right. 
Um, so what would you say for anyone listening that might be thinking about starting a clothing brand or anyone that's newly started a bit of a side hustle? What are the biggest challenges that you face from starting your business to now? Obviously, you've mentioned time is a big one and the hard work and the passion towards it but is there anything you've sort of come across that you didn't expect to that you thought oh they if you're going to start a clothing business then you should know this or yeah i mean well i wish i'd have prepared for this answer now because there are a million <laughs> <laughs> list. yeah they go straight over my head but um i don't know it's, i mean it's just i look when i first started the clothing company what i did i looked at like say for example um facebook ads what the return rate was and what the conversion rate was for an apparel brand and built my whole business plan off the back of that so i thought we had the next amount of money to launch with we'll be able to do this amount of advertising that will return and uh, every x amount of pounds we spend on facebook we'll get this x amount of sales in and come back so i built the whole business plan on that um that didn't happen because you've got to build a brand first and that's the most difficult the longest the hardest work um and it's just about consistency. It's just about sticking to it. And like I said, going through the hard work, going through the years of sometimes maybe you get lucky. Maybe Justin Bieber sees you wearing one of the jumpers and he wants to wear one on stage and all of a sudden your brand explodes and you cut out all that hard work. But that's one out of a million, you know. So you've just got to be prepared to put the years and years and years of hard work in. If you're passionate enough about it, you'll enjoy doing it anyway. Um, and don't expect to take over the world so like i said start small start as a side hustle build and build and build and build and just be consistent consistency is the the key you know not wavering from like the message has been the message since the beginning um if i started to think oh it's not selling you know it's only been six months it's not selling i'm going to change the message you're starting all over again consistently just be consistent with anything and then you with the authenticity of it as well don't need the brand name the brand image all of that changes midway and like you say you are starting from scratch again so it's just and that's still that one of the biggest things is what makes you different why would someone buy yours and not anyone else's what's your usp that would the biggest part of any business is what is your usp why would i buy yours and not buy anybody else's and that's what i put a lot a lot of thought and effort into and from a, a practical point is there any kind of um, lessons you've learned sort of around having a garment business what do you say the biggest lessons you've learned there are i'm still massively learning for sure uh, made a million mistakes bought the wrong styles and tried buying cheap and lost a load of money um by printing on crap so i mean my 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 idea was always to go to luxury and higher end straight away because it's what i like to wear you know what i mean so i like to wear quality clothing um, and I wanted to go straight into that. And I know generally you would start off cheaper, build the brand and be luxury down the line. But luckily I had my own businesses and a bit of money to be like, I got an investor anyway, to be able to start. So I managed to start at luxury, but um, just knowing, knowing your audience, knowing um, exactly like, say for example, you did start cheaper. Don't go straight in at high price. Don't try and sell 45, 50 pound a t-shirt when it's lower end quality because you know you've got to build the brand first before you can manage to do that and i i i, I, I that's where i'm at now you know i've launched at high end and to get people to pay 100 pound for a jumper they need to really know who the brand is 
and that's why it's taking so much money and so much effort and so much time to build out the brand awareness to show the quality and when every time i get the clothing in front of somebody this is probably a big tip if you are going down the quality line getting the clothes in front of people so they can touch and see the clothing is 10x my sales when i'm out and about london fashion week was a really big one because we had a stand out there and we saw way more and i probably saw more in that london fashion week show then you have the rest of the time all put together because on the internet especially at a high end people are not prepared to pay high-end prices until they know what the brand is and they can believe in the brand and mm. if you spend 100 quid on a t-shirt you really want to be wearing a, brand, a named brand you know what i mean so that's yeah. why we're, we're, we're still getting our name out there so people are prepared to pay the price yeah, it's repeat customer as well, isn't it? I think if you're, like you say, you start off with maybe a slightly cheaper blank garment supplier or something like that, and then you're trying to hit that price point of 45, 50, 60 pounds a t-shirt or jumper, and the first 10 or 20 people that buy from your brand pay that for the lesser quality product, they're not going to come back and their reviews of your brand aren't going to be great. So like you say, managing expectations as well, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so it's just like, it's just the same as the old, what we've been talking about. It's just start where you are. You know, if you're starting off with no money, start off cheap. Don't make, don't expect to make any profit. Maybe even sell, uh, if you've got the money, sell at a loss to get the brand out there. A lot of companies mm -hmm. do that. A lot of companies start off, and a lot, and a lot, a lot of companies start off at a loss. You know what I mean? And prepared to sell at a loss just to get the brand out there. And uh, obviously, uh, we know from you watching your previous videos on YouTube that you're you're very much hands-on with the brand. Was there? Um, particular moment or reason that you decide to go and do it in-house rather than um to go third just party for, just for the unique side of it and the limited edition so when i wanted to do a limited edition runs with a company a factory the price was through the roof i was like so i'm gonna have to do it myself if i want to keep if i want to keep everything like quite unique and limited then um i'll do, i'll do that in-house and so I have things like 25 editions of certain designs that i'll hand sign so I, that has to be done in house because if I did it outside and then hand signed it in here, the price would be through the roof, and I'd never make I'd never make a profit on any of that. So I do it all in house with the heat press, and I was scared when I first got the heat press and the um, the transfers that the quality wasn't going to be as good. I was putting what I thought was a cheaper quality item, uh, a cheap, cheap quality print on an expensive item. It was nerve wracking at first. When I first got the internet and printed the quality. I think personally it's better than screen printing. It just feels smoother, it's softer, it's a nicer finish, I think. So sending them off to a big screen printers and paying through the roof because I was trying to have limited editions, I ended up finding um, heat transfers and I, I prefer heat transfers now. A certain method of heat transfers that I try and do my designs around and the feel you get from that, I like to leave a lot of t-shirt in the gaps so it's not yeah. one big solid sheet. It feels, for me, it just feels a lot better feels like more of the material so when i have say for example on this design if i had a black i'd leave that out as a as a as transparent so this come so it feels more like part of the t-shirt rather than a big shiny um, but i'm surprised at how far it's come along heat transfers i mean obviously i i remember heat transfers looking at sports kits and thinking you know it's just cheap <laughs> or peels off in the wash over a couple of washes um when I got into these, I obviously I used Target and another company as well. But when I first found out, I was like, this is amazing how far it's come along. It's, it's come along. I mean, the company that we're part of, Styles, is actually celebrating 90 years this year. I would 
um, say that there's a case to be made that what's happened in the last two years with the progression of full color transfers is probably one of the most monumental shifts in that whole 90 years. It's, it's um, like you say, the, the, to do full color stuff just wasn't there two years ago. Um, and and that, so now this kind of things have changed a lot. We're seeing that a lot with other streetwear brands that are kind of using, using ourselves for transfers is that they're able to charge a lot more for their product because like I say, the look and the feel is, um, it's so much better than it was five years ago. Really, I, 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 I'm confident. I really believe that the prints that we do are better than screen printing. I feel they're yeah. just a much softer, nicer feel than screen printing. I like it much better. Yeah, that's generally the feedback we've we've been getting as well. So really pleased to hear that you're getting on well with that one. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of one of the reasons we wanted to get in touch with you is because we it's so nice to see people out there getting stuck in and taking control of the process. It's something that we always encourage people to do because. I think having that hands-on element to it is really, uh, really important. Um, you, you mentioned there sort of doing short runs um, because you kind of wanted to have it make it a bit more unique. Is that something that you see as kind of part of the future for your brand is actually doing lots of runs of 25, a bit like you have with the uh, three, 3,333 editions of the artwork that potentially yeah. you could have uh, the same character, but five, ten. Yeah, that's the whole idea of the brand since the beginning. You know, it's all been about being yourself and being unique. Because if you if you are yourself, that's the most unique you'll ever be. Because nobody else will be the same. And I wanted the clothing to kind of represent that. So obviously, I'd never get away with just doing one of each design because I'd never make a penny. So <laughs> there have to be some kind of limit, and that limit will increase on certain designs. And there's some designs that aren't limited that are con they continuously pumped out, like the plain designs. But um the limited edition ones, yeah, it's all about, so, you know, you're wearing something and nobody else is wearing it on the last point of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything you've got, I mean, obviously, uh, you don't want to give too much away for your next release in May, but can you give us uh, any hints or ideas of what you have lined up for that? Yeah, so it basically is like based around the um, the NFT project and to promote the NFT project through the globing. Um, so it's all based around the, the monster stories and it's all like graffiti writing. The, the idea was that they're street monsters, they come over in the street monsters because it's a streetwear brand and some of the designs are awesome. So it's based around like that culture and like I said, there's um, skateboarding in there and music in there and smoking weed in there. <laughs> so it's based around that kind of street culture, which is exactly on brand, you know. You, you'll enjoy the new prints. There'll, there'll be a while because obviously I've got to get this NFT project over the line, but yeah. they're coming out very soon. I can't wait to see them. How do you uh, actually design your artworks? And what sort of platform do you use for that? I use, uh, I use an iPad and Procreate, and then I'll drop them into um, Illustrator and redraw them so they're vectorized in Illustrator, depending on if it's um, like a full design of the monsters, like a... Um, wonder if I've got any to show you a um, bit more of a detailed print like the actual monsters let me see if I can find one for you just to show uh, what I'm talking about so like these you probably can do but I can't because I'm not technically good enough to draw that on illustrator so I draw that mm -hmm. on Procreate and this is really difficult with this 
which way do you go? <laughs> <laughs> so that's so that would be drawn on Procreate and sent straight over to you guys um, as a PNG. Yeah, is that right? PNG, yeah, like, PNG or EPS, either of them is fine for yeah, us. PNG, I'll, I'll do, I do as PNG, and then this one because it's a bit simpler, I do it on um, Illustrator, and that makes it vectorized, and I can make it as big as I possibly want. Then, whereas the other, if I, if I blew the if I blew the um, the designs up of the monsters, they'd pixelate like mad because they've been done on Procreate. Yeah. But it's literally all done by literally drawing on this. So yeah. that my pencil and i just draw straight on there it's i got this probably maybe 10 years ago when they first came out an ipad pro and it changed my life with tattooing it saved me yeah. so much time yeah it's unbelievable like drawing by hand everything then your customer would come in and say oh no it's going on my other arm and you have to completely flip it over retrace it start <laughs> it. with that it's a button and it's done and yeah uh, made me a fortune i think <laughs> <laughs> is it as the um the artwork when you first started um, tattooing people is there can you see where they've come to you and they say oh can you design me something like this is there is there anyone walking around that's maybe got an early chester on their their arm or their leg and they don't even realize it but i've actually got um hugo booked in this saturday i'm tattooing hugo on the first customer this saturday so hopefully it'll become a bit of a thing and we'll get some advertising out of that as well yeah yeah absolutely i can't wait to see it it's just because people really relate to the story and what they mean and um you know certain people have been like oh i think hugo's based on me and like oh i think louis based on me and it's really <laughs> cool to see. yeah that's really brilliant um so if, if anyone wants to actually find your your gear where's the best place to um to get that from so the clothing site is Make sure I get this right. I've got so many different websites. The clothing site is formyuk.com. Yeah. And the story and the uh, NFT side of things is the FMS, the Formy Monster Society, the FMS.io. Okay, brilliant. And if they want to follow along on um, Instagram or Facebook, they can find you there as well, can't they? If they want to yeah. uh, see Twitter the, is uh, Twitter's at the FMS.NFT. And don't ask me what the rest are. I'm no idea. <laughs> we'll put, <laughs> we'll put a link in the, in the description they can find you. Yeah, I think Instagram's at for.meuk. Okay, brilliant. Do you want me to show you my setup? I was wondering if I could carry my uh, laptop in. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. I think uh, I think we'd love to see that. I think it'd be good if someone's setting up. It'd be good because I've changed this a million times because the way I've learned it. Obviously, in here is all my. Um, this is my store for things that I've printed off in advance, and then in here, best way to get the angle in here, my heat press table that. that. Tell that so Dan's on. got a lovely single air, single air fusion there. That's awesome. It's oh, you've so got the quick clip on it as well. Very well done. <laughs> I love it. Honestly, I got um, I had like a three hundred pound heat press at first, one that you rag down yourself. And <laughs> all these t-shirts. So when I got that, it's like, oh. but the nightmare was plugging the um, obviously the air compressor in. So I've got a line that runs up there through the ceiling. Goes through. <laughs> I couldn't have the air compressor in it, it's so loud, so it's in the other room. That's the most unique <laughs> setup I've seen for an air fusion so far. <laughs> and then you've got obviously all the stack of the blank clothing, and then the yeah. design. The designs are next to the print there. Brilliant. 
that's the setup simple version of setup it all comes in like um i have got a box actually everything comes in really high-end packaging like i've got mm. nice boxes comes in that oh lovely yeah that's really nice and then, and then inside the box is the tissue paper and the bombing monster bags as well can you see that there because i can't see the yeah we can see that yeah. looks great yeah these details are so important i think to everything that you're doing so it means it's a real experience just just receiving the, the package in the first time. I was going to say, way. I think the packaging is one of the most important things. Like when I receive a parcel, the best thing is opening it and seeing what's like the whole experience of arriving yeah. it, opening it, seeing what's inside. I think that yeah. if it arrives in a nice bo box and it's packaged well, it just heightens the whole experience, doesn't it? And it yeah. makes you want to order again because it's the same. It's like that same dopamine hit that you get when you receive, like yeah, when you exactly. receive versus. Jobs did the best job of that. Steve Jobs packaging, I think he spends more on the packaging than he does on the actual technology. So it's the big, biggest mm -hmm. point there is when you get an Apple product, you, it looks awesome. So that's what I was trying to go down. You get all the cards in of the bios of each monster on the back of the cards. Uh, it's just little extra touches like that. We've got collectible toys. So I've got a program running where you'll get, um, it's, not, it's not actually out yet. I've not promoted it yet, actually. But one of these, I've got one of these, which is gold. Chester. Yeah. So I've got a gold Chester, and it'll be randomly put in one of the packs over the next couple of months. And if you get the gold Chester, there'll be a large prize attached to that, like Willy Wonka. Maybe I'll give you. A, <laughs> I'll bring you down here for a tour of the Willy Wonka factory. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great social media campaign, though, for a bit of brand awareness on that. Whoever finds it. Yeah. Yeah. The idea is to just um, get you know like a just a bit of promotion out of that and get people buying and trying to get the golden Chester. Yeah, I love it. It's a great idea. Anything else you need to know? No, I think that's it for now. I mean, I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk. Um, it'd be great to catch up in the future once you've once you've done your May release potentially, and we can see how you're getting on, see what more lessons you've learned. Um, yeah. I'm sure that people would love to love to hear more about your journey that way. Yeah, awesome. Really like to thank you, Daniel, for coming on today. Really appreciate hearing more about your journey, how you're getting on, where you've come from, the lessons you've learned. Um, do make sure you go and check out um, for me the clothing brand and the NFTs. I think you all really like them. We um, were really wowed when we saw the artwork coming through our system and seeing the, the product that Dan has put out is really fantastic. Um, if you'd like more help around um, heat printing, do come and check out our YouTube channel. We've got lots of great educational advice on there, um, tips and tricks, best practice for using heat presses. So I would encourage everyone that's watching, listening to um go and check that out so thank you very much to everyone who's watching listening and uh we'll be back next week